Hello and welcome back to the My Life podcast. I'm Jarrett Regan and I'm a lot of things, including a professional Egypt performing on stage and the telly as a stand-up. I am the Irishman behind the Irishman Abroad podcast and I'm also the host of this series designed to create quality conversations to inspire, engage and generally help you improve your life mentally and physically. In each episode of the My Life podcast, you will hear well-known voices sharing real stories on their own well-being, as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. My hope is that hearing other mental and physical health experiences will let you reflect on your own. I think all our episodes will help. Well, our guest today is Ashling B, actor, writer, stand-up comedian and fellow Irish person abroad here in London where we are recording today. Ashling is perhaps best known for her BAFTA award-winning comedy drama series, This Way Up, which she wrote and produced. It follows the lives of London-based sisters Anya and Shona, played by Ashling and Sharon Horgan, who are finding their way through the aftermath of Anya's nervous breakdown. I'm pleased to say that Series 2 has been nominated for six National Comedy Awards. Her piece in The Guardian on the loss of her father made a deep impact across the world and was shared millions of times. It is, for me, essential reading. Not content with an award-winning series, Ashling is also a stand-up and regular guest and host on panel shows such as 8 Out of 10 Cats, Have I Got News For You, and she recently recorded her own stand-up comedy special for Netflix. I think it's safe to say that her talent and creativity is nothing short of extraordinary, and I'm delighted to have her on the podcast today. In this conversation, we touch on some of the topics covered in episode one with Oshin McConville. If you want to go back and and hear that, just go through the My Life app now and give it a listen. Ashling V, it's brilliant to have you on Thank you very the My much, Life podcast. It's great to have you here. And I, I thought we should pick up the conversation. I like the idea of the conversations being connected. Yeah. So one of the things... Can I just say on that regard, though, I am sad that you didn't um, introduce me as one of the challenges she faces is being too sexy for every room she's ever walked into. Well, the, the I'm problem just... there is that that's also my challenge as yeah. well. Oh, so God, here we be, are in the only room we're accepted. exclusionary for the <laughs> listeners to feel these two sexy beasts. Uh, I, I, I wanted to ask you the question that I asked Oshin. Mm -hmm. A couple of questions that I also asked Oshin. Please. One was, who do you ring when the stuff hits the fan. Do you have that person designated the way yeah. he recommended? Well, I was listening to your podcast, your lovely podcast with Oshin, and uh, the day I was about to ring my person I call, uh, well, I have two people really, and it's for like different states, but one of them is my best friend, who I think you know, um, comedian, uh, writer, actress, uh, uh, Brona C. Titley. And she is someone who we first met when we were about 18 and starting university. She was a year ahead of me and I hadn't met anyone with my sort of like nonstop energy before who kind of took over a room and I loved it uh, so much. And since then, we've sort of we call each other our soulmates and um, we said to each other we were a bit like some badly written sitcom the other day because I was on the phone to her just in need of a chat and she was in the playground with her almost two-year-old, my god, child, Rua. And she was like, no, no, I'm listening. I'm just, Rua, put that down. And it was like a badly written sitcom of like a gal ringing her friend who's got a kid too. You know, those kind of like split screen scenes you see in sitcoms. Um, Does she know your, she's your emergency contact? Yes. And I thought about that when I listened to your podcast. I was like, oh, it is important for that person to know you are their person. Mm. So you can sometimes skip the guilty bit of going, how are you? When you actually just want to go, I don't care how you are right now. I need to tell you who I am. Um, you nearly need a code word yeah, to you go, need a go this well, is that phone call. Do you know, so we have a code word and I actually think this is one of my tips. Brown and I love each other so much and our lives are very different. She is um, a mother of her beautiful uh, new child and we know that we can be there for each other whenever we need but we also know that sometimes that moment isn't the moment we have. Mm -hmm. um, in general, we know that if one of us rings each other that means you pick up. But if it's a text and it's like, oh, my God, I'm going through all of this or I'm going through that or how are you? We said, God, wouldn't it be good if we had some sort of safe word? <laughs> and you'll know the era 
that we sort of decided this, which wasn't too long ago. We were like, you know, we'd have like a, a just a thing you'd say in a text or whatever. And it means I love you. I, I'm not ignoring you, but I I just don't have the capacity right now to reply. But I, I do. But like acknowledged and I will get back to you or whatever it is. And it could be something like Theresa May or, you know, just something <laughs> silly like something. And but obviously it won't be Theresa May. Um, we'll think of something else. And to this day, five years after her maniacal reign in the UK, our safe word is Theresa May. <laughs> the reason we got Theresa May was because when we can do that for each other, it's huge. And when we need it, it's huge. Mm. But when we can't or don't have the capacity, we need something simple that doesn't actually take anything out of us. In 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 the new technological world with WhatsApp groups and phone calls and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the different ways you can be got at, it's almost like we need polite online language which the other person definitely knows to read what that means. And sometimes that is emojis. Emojis can actually be very handy. This sounds so silly. But sometimes if you add a thumbs up after something, people go, oh, that was said, or that was written softly. Yeah. And that was written with a softness in it. Like my sister complains about how many, how much I kiss in emails. I will kiss my accountant. I will kiss um, the electrician person who's trying to get into the house to check the meter. Thanks a million. Kiss, kiss, kiss. kiss. I kiss everyone. And I think Sinead's emails are as cold as ice. We're like the frozen sisters. Um, but you do need something to soften we don't know that yet, the pleases and the thank yous of online communication, yeah. which can really ruin your day. Someone else's politeness is someone else's bluntness. And it can, I find those, especially after the last two years, have been able to, I have probably ruined people's days with my emails and they have definitely ruined my days and and miscommunication and, and getting each other wrong without code words to look after each other. Some of that, though, is... Uh the overthink, right? That mm-hmm. you're a thinker. You're someone who you've said a bunch of times that your your mind's racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty of people struggle with that too, mm-hmm. especially in isolation, especially working from home where there isn't multiple people to bounce it off. Yeah. I bring up the energy of Brona and all of that because it's all connected. Mm-hmm. That one of the last things we talked to Oshin about was balance. And when you're in and you know you are that person, I'd imagine that rest is a is a really difficult thing. How do you consciously go, I'm getting balance here? I'm reading this amazing book at the moment, and I say reading, I'm listening to it as an audio book, which is my favourite way to consume Me too. books, because it is like a podcast. You can walk around, you don't have to sit down, your eyes are on screens all the time. It's very tiring to to, to look at, mm. at books sometimes and read um, with your eyes. And it's called The Body, is it The Body Keep Score? I think it's A Body Keep Score. And it's all about... Um, how even after you as a person, a personality, your head, your soul might have moved on from maybe a particularly traumatic event, your body hasn't. The most um, obvious sort of trope that you might see in cinema or generally is say maybe like a an army sergeant who's been in a war and hears a car go off. Now his he knows he is not in Vietnam, but his body doesn't. His body is, and they're all the layers of like our animal bodies that are still in there that aren't necessarily needed as much as they are being used. Another interesting part of the book was it talked about most people will take a long form of trauma than an immediate short, sharp shock. It's why we often stay in relationships for longer than our gut feelings know or jobs where our gut feelings are making us sick because they know we should get out. But it's so hard to do something that's going to be painful for us, pull off the plaster than for a small amount of time and but it makes you sick um and I've definitely this this year like I've had a lot of high stress situation and and nowhere to put it and um it's the first year I've like I've ever understood physical pain and living with physical pain I got repetitive strain injury in my hip and my hand I hadn't an empathy for I had a lot of empathy for living with mental pain Mm. but I hadn't not empathy, but I had no real connection of how it it drains you and how tiring it is to live with physical pain. And mine is 
in no no way or shape or has been in comparative but it's also when it's your hand it's a thing I I write with it's it's my microphone hand it's a kettle and it really it's upsetting because you might want to scroll through a script or something you've written and your hand is like I wrote most of the second series of This Way Up like and, and edited it with like ice packs wrapped around my arm and it does make you realise like what I've been shocked with this year was how my stress and stuff always felt like like an ethereal concept I had to deal with that had something to do with my personality. I never thought that it would manifest so obviously in my body. And it was a big wake up call this year when they showed me the MRIs of my hips and stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, that would be like that's something I associate with sort of someone elderly or being crouched forward. Mm. And and I know a lot of that good feeling where you don't do something because it seems harder short term and it's easier to continue in a painful experience long term. It just is easier. We've all done it for two years. Oh, yeah. If someone said this will last for two years, we all would have run into the streets you know, and set her toes alight. But this long, slow trauma that everyone has had, but a lot of people have had it worse and that much we know, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm with different levels of yeah, things to hang on living to. living their own pandemic, yeah. And it just, I suppose, it was fascinating to realise how low-level pressure and trauma people can put up with. But at some point, something breaks and you start seeing it I'm 37. I know, I know, Jarlith. I look so much younger. Oh, you thought this was crazy. like the teen my episode of the show. I know, I'm sorry, but I actually, I actually just am, but I'm just <laughs> one of nature's um, great mysteries. Um, but like, I couldn't believe what I've sort of done myself, given like what people go through when they've had actual car crashes or things physically knock into them. And I've like, this has manifested from inside. And that's been, the, the mind-body connection has been really fascinating with me. I'm kind of blown away as well, though, hearing this, because you would not be someone that people would go, uh, oh, of course, she'd be oblivious to that because she wouldn't really reflect on these things. You are a reflective person who is in touch with Oh, I'm only reflective. I don't even believe I, I'm here now. I believe I'm in, in 1997, <laughs> you know, trying to find a Spice Girls T-shirt that fits. But I think it's, isn't it crazy, though, that... You know, you we we often think these things happen to other people, and then mm. there you are, yeah, being faced with it. Uh, especially when I think you've said that you became the poster girl for loneliness, and yeah. that the Guardian runs this piece with your oh your yeah. face. I remember, so for that, the the context of that for anyone who's listening. I, um, I, you know, wrote my series this way up. I wanted to try and create a comedy about loneliness because I often believe like people go, but you don't look or you don't seem or you don't this. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. What's depression supposed to look like? What is physical pain supposed to look like? Does everyone walk around going, hi, it's me. I'm the face of depression and all that. But I remember like a sort of feeling of an embarrassment around loneliness in particular. And um, because... The feeling of being lonely is attached to I'm lonely because nobody likes me because I've no friends because no one wants to talk to me. That might be awful. So if you say you're awful or if you say you're lonely, people might think, oh, she means code word. Other people don't like her. We should walk away. It's like a schoolyard thing we all have is like if someone doesn't like someone, they'll move away from them. So you're afraid to tell anyone you're lonely because you're like, oh, you don't sound like someone I want to hang around with. You sound like bad company. Um. But it has nothing to do with solitude or friendships. It's to do with like an inner little bit missing that just you don't know what it needs to be filled. And you can go chasing that through gambling like Ushin was talking about or standing on stage in front of 6,000 people trying to make them laugh or like, will this fill up that little bit? But I remember when This Way Up came out, I was talking about that. And then they, in the Guardian article, and then... The byline was like loneliness and with my across my face and we'd done this big fashion shoot with like really nice dresses and makeup and hair and then they put the big word loneliness across my face and I was honestly like I looked nice in the photo and I was considering not putting it on my Instagram because I was so embarrassed and I don't know who I was embarrassed but everyone in the world that would see it 
And so my big face saying loneliness and it was just like so I felt so embarrassed. So I put it up on purpose to challenge my own embarrassment around Isn't it. Isn't that amazing that you were still embarrassed having written oh, yeah. the show about it? Yeah, but it's the character. Yeah. So, you know, I also don't have an older sister. Like, mm. you know, um, and my name's not Onya, Charlotte, sorry. Thanks um, for clarifying all these yeah. things. Charlotte doesn't know what a film is. But um, I think that the, uh, what I st- still, I still believe that it's, it's weird to think that there's a part of you that still didn't want to be associated with. Loneliness was the character. Not, not yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of your work, correct me if I'm wrong, is about destigmatizing yes. things. And I think some part of that is a challenge to me, but we also work in a world where your worth is like a fashion. So the reason I'm on this podcast is because maybe I'm cool right now or I'm on telly, but it's not because I'm just sort of Johnny the Irish person living down the road. And it feels like... um loneliness does feel like it's attached to your how worth spending time with you are and we I pay my mortgage on how worth watching or how worth listening to I am so it's not completely it's not completely the maddest jump and I think sometimes when we talk about mental health or things people do I think I really liked when Oshin talked about making lists because that felt like a practical thing you could do today. Yes. And when I was listening to it, I wasn't having a good day and it was the day I rang Brona and I wrote down some stuff and I was like, oh, that's really handy to hear a tip. And why I like this book about trauma in the body is like, oh, sometimes it's really nice to hear the science behind what's going on because you can say talk more. But if you're having a really busy day where there's you're working 17 hours and you go home and you don't want to talk anymore, and you've got three long weeks ahead of you of doing something. Talking is not easy. Like sometimes you need easier, like like getting you to the place. Like sometimes you need to go like, what is your little list of things that are smaller? And when I was having like a really bad time this year, like going on holiday, first of all, we couldn't go. But like the idea of that was too big. Mm-hmm. And so you need like today, maybe like, Okay, just try with tea. Just try tea. Yeah, try tea first. Or, or yeah. go to the shop and don't make a big list for yourself of all the things you need for the week. That's too much right now. What tea do you like? And just go smaller. And I've talked about this before that like when people are on the edge, it's like we don't know. It's kind of like saying to someone whose house is burning down, would you ever consider now getting a fire guard on that fire? <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, that's a great, I'm just sorry, I'm just too busy with the flapping and some water here, but that's a great idea for down the line. And it's it's like we maybe, you don't realise until you're there that you're there, but maybe we need more in case of an emergency break this. Mm. And it has to be way smaller. I've started physio recently and it got too much. So I've stopped physio and I'm going to restart once I just chill out. Because the doctor said to me, you need to be doing physio every week. You need to be taking a rest. You need to be taking a break. And my every time I tried to move or do something, I'd be so excited. And then that would because I was so sensitive and stressed, it would it would knock the pain back. So I like one time I did physio and I felt great and I walked home. And then by that night, I couldn't move my leg anymore, which meant that I couldn't go the next week because I wasn't able for it. And it just felt like a cycle. The thing to fix it is hurting it. And it felt like a cycle that I could never get out of. And I have a lovely therapist who is based in science. Like a lot of her stuff is kind of like that trauma book where she's like, your body's overloaded. And she's South African, so I'm going to try. She's like, your body's completely overloaded and you just need to like take everything down a step and sort of give up a bit and just like watch something stupid on TV. And I've definitely tried to do too much at sort of the higher end of the ladder. And I think... Oshin sort of brought it up a little bit. He was talking about a tree and I was like, oh God, is this going to be the the tree that I know about? But it was a different tree. <laughs> Both of us mad into nature. And it was like when you're at the bottom of the tree is despair. And when you're at a point of despair, getting to a point of excitement is so far up the tree that it feels pointless and hopeless. And you're just setting yourself up for failure every day. But if you're at the point of despair and you could get to like, even acceptance that you're in despair, then maybe a little bit of like hope that you might get out of despair and you just try and work up slower. It's not as great a fix, but it's achievable every day. 
And that's, it's sort of what I wanted to write about with the show with This Way Up. The sort of nobility of managing to get yourself through every day because every day makes a week and a week makes a month. And like two weeks ago, I was so in despair about physically, like the injections hadn't kind of kicked in, the steroid injections that I'd got. And I was like, this is my writing hand. This is my career. And it's, it's, it's hard to to like type and stuff like that and uh, reply to all my WhatsApp groups. <laughs> um, and, I, and I couldn't see how how to get out of it. And she just suggested stopping stuff for a week or two. And it, it just, someone, someone sort of in a position of authority suggesting stopping trying rather than trying to fix yourself was actually a real relief. Mm. And I gave myself permission to sort of like not have gone for a walk that day to get up and get out. And I know a lot of that is also good advice yeah, for health, sure. but like to not have done anything today to help yourself. Yeah. To just have had a day from trying to fix things. And but there is a strain. Yeah, in, of in trying to make attempting. it work all the time and trying to fix yourself and trying to look at things and, and listen to the podcast and have you read that book and Ashling suggests this book and diddle diddle do. Like put it on your list. And the reason I say audio book is because it was easier listen to a bit here on the way here to this podcast, listen to a bit somewhere else the other day. And in between, I also listened to like my friend Catherine Ryan's book talking about some nicer things. And then it just it's mixing and matching. So you're not trying to get everything done in a day because it's unachievable. And also how I got myself into this mess in the, in the first place, you can overload yourself. And then I, I get overwhelmed with all the potential things you can do or should do. The My Life app helps you live a healthier, more active life. Download today to help you understand more about your health and pinpoint the small things you can do to improve your well-being. Search for My Life by Irish Life in your app store. My Life provided by Irish Life Financial Services. My Life is not a regulated financial service. I mean, overwhelm is one of the things that I really wanted to get to with yeah. you. Because Could I suggest the... three things on that overwhelm yeah, let, that have let, really helped? Let's do this. This is great because each because week we can have concrete actual yeah, advice and it, 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 because Oshin with the list last week mm, I was like I knew helpful. a lot of the other stuff I connected with some of it but I want sometimes you just want a bit of actual practical help okay. I have taken off there's a thing on WhatsApp where you can take off knowing that someone has read your message and someone having read yours now we can be frivolous about WhatsApp but that is probably a bigger part of most people's <laughs> daily lives completely so take off you will never see two blue ticks so you'll and never no know one, that they've read yours. And you will never know never that they've know. read yours. And yeah. I swear to God, you think that's good? You think that's bad, like good to know they've read your... It's not. It's not at it's all. Not, and also put pressure on them. It takes the pressure off you. You've sent it into the ether like you used to do a text. It's not. It may or may not been read. Of course, it probably has been. But at least you're not, oh, I wonder what they were doing between 12, 37 <laughs> and 4, 50, 59 and they were online and I saw... Like that, you're eliminating a spiral. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing. The other thing I do is, I am a, I am allowed social media as much as I want, but I have deleted Twitter and Instagram off my phone. Okay. And when I want to upload something, I download them, put back in the passwords, and upload them, then immediately redelete. And that is so boring to have to do. It's a lot of work. You don't have. You won't do it. You won't like, do you it. You don't do it a lot. Yeah. yeah. And why that also helps, it's it's another thing where people can get at you in terms of communication that you're just not aware until you're on a laptop, probably sat a little bit better and not doing it on a phone. So like quick little messages are less likely to happen. Um, uh, the other thing I do is voice notes, not for small things like, hey, I'm at the shop, what do you need? <laughs> That's really annoying because it relies on the other person being in an environment where they can quickly listen and reply. But for, hey, how are you? That's too much to get into back and forth. Do little podcast. We call them, I call them with my friend podcasts for each other. Amy Huberman and I often go back and forth with, hi, Beezer, doing a podcast for you. This one is sponsored by Amy Huberman. And we will... I like her life as well is very different to mine with kids and all sorts. And sometimes the replies in between those podcasts are three months. But the meaningfulness mm -hmm. of I was out in a war today and I was thinking about you and I want to tell you what's going on in my life. And then you can listen to it like a sort of letter with a friend. My Aunt Breda lives in uh, Connecticut and she said she used to get like the letters through from Ireland. And she used to realise that it was from a friend in Ireland. And she used to like negotiate her evening around sitting down to read that letter. And when I see like, you know, podcasts from my friends, 
I like put them in order like a thing to listen to. And it might be tomorrow will I listen to it, but I will properly listen and give you that time. And I know you will get round to mine at some point. And they are like such small things. It really makes a massive difference to me. And everyone will go, yeah, I don't really need to do that, though. I don't really spend that much time. You do. And I would really just if 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 you can't try it, then you have a problem. I love the idea. And I love the idea that we're compiling essentially a little book of concrete stuff, because like you say, so much of the kind of wellness realm mm-hmm. is take some time out. Yeah. Not a How though? How? Just tell me a how now. Is there any how now, brown cow? Is there any like thing I can do now that will just help a little bit now for free that you don't have to read a whole book or access? And so that's they would be some of my little things that really uh, small things that have taken sometimes the edge off the day. You know, you've had to draw lines. Mm. The content of what you've done and what you've written, like I, I've never said it directly to your face, but this way up is such a triumph. Like it brings tears to my eyes when I think about that series because Aww. I'm so proud. Oh, thanks, Charlotte. And then there's just a part of me that thinks there's nothing like this. There's so many people that are feeling this and don't feel alone. Mm. That's they, that is then, why I wrote it. You know, that is like the that was the the especially the second series. I think the first one I probably wrote because I was interested in the themes and wanted to show I could act and all the different things. The second one I didn't write for me. Like I wrote it in response to the response from series one of the messages like the ones you sent me and stuff, which were so lovely. And and knowing that it sometimes it sometimes can mean a lot when people who don't just don't just look strong, but are strong. Like I'm a strong person. I'm funny. I'm sexy as hell, boys. Like that that's can be lonely and messy and have bad days as well. That that's the I think that's important to see, which is what Oshin was talking about, like the hive and and yet people aim for that high. Yeah. And, and sorry, I, I interrupted no, your thought. But, but I, I liked the interruption. I yeah, never sorry. ever <laughs> fault an interruption, especially when it's it's your truth. You did write the second one for others. And yeah, the first one probably did have a load of ambition of yours in it. But you hit these people right in the chest with this thing. And they then flock to you. They come to you. How hard is it then to draw the line and go, I can't reply to all of this, that this is now, I've tried to reply to all of these messages. It's very... It's hard, but just if you're listening, know that I still want you to write and send messages on Instagram because I think what I realised this year was my burnout from all the other things meant that I couldn't appreciate that as much as I wanted to because Mm. that's not always a thing that tires me. It was maybe the other environments and work environments or stuff I'd been in or or set myself up into and, and or what I'd taken on and how I'd reacted to it. I think it was having to be okay with that sometimes in the same way I didn't write the show so people could critique it but it's nice when you get messages in or the Guardian reviews it nicely in the same way some people who write me messages just need to write it down and I will still say if you need to write me a message someone you do not know but you've made a connection with because you've listened to a podcast or watch a show bloody write it send it in I I will probably read it. I will probably never reply to it. But I have seen it and and send it. Like just send it because writing is a very powerful tool even if you don't know how to write because what it does is it takes the thought out of your head and puts it somewhere else. And especially if you can write something down on a piece of paper and and sometimes you do need to know why I like the books about trauma and the body and and even listening to Oshin the other day and listening to his him talking about the lists is because sometimes mental health or or your feelings can feel so ethereal. It's like a cloud. It's not really something you can yeah, can't point can't, out. You can't point out like love or or a good time or a crack. How do you mm. how do you hold it in your hands, Jarrett? Yeah, but when you have to formulate yeah, it, yeah. But and sometimes put when you can explain what's at least physically happening to you, it's something you can practically do. You can sort of maybe 
roll your shoulders back right now as you're listening to this so you can just take in a bit more air in your lungs. When he talked about making the list, I'm a list man, I'm a list man, I love that. That could be like a new um, uh, track with Oshin just been in, I'm a list man. Boom, 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 I'm a list man. Um, and I was like, I was feeling a bit panicked about something and I wrote down, and even though they were the worst thoughts, I wrote down, I was in a, a taxi going somewhere and I just wrote down, like maybe that person has always hated me and did a little da- and let me tell you seven hours later I found out like not a single thing I'd wrote down was the truth but at least it was out of my head in a pen and when I was looking at it written down it looked stupider mm-hmm. it than it did in my power. head it loses its power and that's that's sort of what and I think I why I like using comedy or storytelling is I often don't know what to do, but that's where I like researching it. And that's where I'd normally talk about things on a podcast, like what can you do yeah. that's practical? But I know how to show a feeling like that's my, I think, skill is that like I can show in a watchable, digestible way. It's like people who make nutritious food that's tasty. So you're like, ugh. This doesn't taste like lettuce at all. What is a prize? You know, and people are like, and that doesn't even taste vegetarian. You know, and that's like a big compliment, supposedly, <laughs> to a chef. Um, and it's that. It's like, how do you, like, spoonful of sugar a message? And that's the whole point of comedy is to make it, like, interesting. I do really want to talk about, you know, the physical side of this. Mm-hmm. Because I think that men will only ever really understand the f- the pressures to be and look a certain way mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And obviously yeah. that's changed for men a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've witnessed it in the last uh, 30 years. Uh, the change in expectation for men has brought them closer to understanding what it's been like for you guys for so long. Mm-hmm. When you go into this industry and the higher you climb, do you feel the pressure to look a certain way? Um, one thing I maybe rallied against because I grew up in like an all female environment with like no men in my family and no men in my school. I think the idea of the male gaze sort of shocked me, and and Explain I hated what, oh the male gaze that. as in the idea of that your value is by how maybe cis straight men value you. And and you can see it and you can feel it. I could feel the difference walking into a room when I bleach blonde hair or when I looked a certain way. You can feel that your value increases. And to say that's not real is ridiculous because that does really exist. And we and we also do it ourselves. We like looking at nice things and that's what, what ends up happening. But again, it's like, is that the total value of a person? And I think some part of me rallies in, 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 in what I do because you will always laugh at comedy that's funny and that is a value that like doesn't go anywhere depending on how you look now that's not to say in comedy there isn't still a lot of luxism ageism sexism all the rest ableism it's that um it's like holding steadfast onto something where i like i i know i get valued as that sometimes and I like it. Of course, I like it sometimes as well. I do loads of fashion shoots and stuff like that for a promotion. And I love getting dressed up and like looking nice. And there's no harm in that. It's like, not like anti-feminist. But I also am like, oh, shit, what about when this if this gets taken away from me, what have I left? And I want the what I have left to be actually bigger. Mm-hmm. And and I, f- I feel I do have that. Um, that's why maybe having like a pain in my arm and my hand which is something I used to write was so panicking because I'm like oh, that's where some of my what I perceive to be my value is in my ability to write and and tweet of course <laughs> that's where my main value is but um, the one thing I liked that Oshin brought up last week and I'm really glad he did was about periods and for me like the last few years and even now have been so like eye-opening and enraging as to the degree to which the little degree of uh, investment and research there is into everything from bloody seatbelts to um, paracetamol to we all think the sign of a heart attack is ouch I've got a pain in my left arm yeah if you're a man that's not the sign of a heart attack in a woman Um, that we don't like uh, it's like different nausea and different types of pains and even how to look at like I didn't know until I read this book by a woman called Maisie Hill called Period Power which I know I talked to you about before because mm. I recommended it to you for when you get your period jar yeah. um, about um, like just knowing what's 
happening hormonally from day one to 27 or 30 in your body and how how empowering that is to know. And now I look at that like a superpower or the week I'm ovulating, I couldn't be funnier on stage. Like, because it's the time when you're like confident, outgoing, basically trying to get a mate. And you're, that's a time to like plan your meetings, plan your, and it's just, and also to have looked at not knowing how that affected my mental health, what was happening inside. And to know that it was sort of manageable, again, if you just know the workings of the machine you're living in. And that also it can help men as well to know that about you're not getting the most out of your colleagues or your partners and we're not getting the most out of you to know what's going on in your bodies. Well, you think about how much goes into kind of uh, tapering training for the marathon or just, you know, peaking at the right Mm. time. It gets talked about all the time in sport. Horse racing talks about, you know, just having them right for the day, having that horse right on the day. But here we are with this obvious cycle. Yeah. And you might say like, oh, it's it's unpredictable. You're it's the most predictable thing. Like once you start putting all your stuff, your information into the apps, which God knows, I'm sure are taking all of my information, <laughs> making an alien version of me. But like once you mean you, the, the app that goes, you're coming close to the time. It's a yeah, little calendar. Oh my God, I've got yeah. like three or four of them. Yeah. And they're all like, all tell me the day they're like, you're about to get your period. And I'm like, you don't know me. And then I look down into my pants and I'm like, that bloody app, literally that bloody app is at it again. What I found was in, in terms of writing the show, I was I was always kind of going, why one week can I like write all the dialogue? And the next week when I have a dialogue deadline, it just seems like hell. And all I want to do is clean up last week's dialogue. And I know this is a really specific example, but it mm-hmm. sits the same with like, say, a broad document and sure. like editing something down. But um, then I started planning and I asked like if I could just hand in scripts in a different way and they'd still all get done. Mm. But that like the big messy version would be, say, the ovulating week where I'm like taking in loads of stuff and I can think of loads of jokes and it's like brrrrumph. And then the following week, like I'll try not to schedule many meetings and I'll I'll kind of like I can't wait to clean up. It's a kind of pottering nesting time when you're like, I'm cleaning up that dialogue. I can just see, I can see clearly where the point of the scene is now. And that's not unpredictable. That's like literally every four weeks, the exact same process happens. And it's just, it's not saying it always works, but it's really, it's actually really predictable. And it's just... You must have felt like you unlocked something when Oh, I did. But I, I unlocked it, but I also unlocked this sort of anger at, at like how many people get in touch with me. I talked about um, periods on Jamila Jamil's podcast and how many people get in touch with me like, wow, I never knew that. And how, wow, I never knew that I was reading the book and I'm sitting there going, but this happened every month from like, yeah. I had mine the age of 17 and I'm like, why, why didn't I know? Like even that's the week you feel sexy. That's the week you should be going to loads of parties. <laughs> but the following week is like a bit more like, and, and even like your your sex drive, everything about it, how it fits into uh, trying to work out why I fancy someone, why I don't this week or not. or And and it's just, it's empowering. It's not um, understanding an illness. Mm. And we've always seen it as like, if you can just get through that illness now for a good 40 years or so, and then after that, you'll be free. <laughs> then, you're in, then you're in business. Yeah, and it's the same like a lot of people now who are sort of in, in, the, in, in the public eye and don't seem of the age we might have associated as being like our nana's issues are now talking a lot a lot more about menopause and it's not unsexy. It, I just think it's a and like for coaches and and sports, it's it's relevant to your to mm. your life. It's not um, a, a burden of information, you know. You can track your physical activity, nutrition, stress levels and sleep, as well as details of your mental well-being on the My Life app. My Life provided by Irish Life Financial Services. My Life is not a regulated financial service. I think, I don't know if it's you that said this, but the quote I wrote down, it might be attributing it to you anyway. I'm sure you'll take it. Was that it? Is it the only thing I have to declare as my genius? Because I do feel I said that before Oscar Wilde. <laughs> it only takes 93 years to get over your childhood and then you can then get on with fine. the rest yeah, of your that life. That me. is one of yours. Yeah, that's, right. that's one of my great tweets written with my <laughs> scraggly old hand. Yeah. The, like, I... I'm probably living that more in the last 10 years than mm. I ever have. And I, I feel like I can't be the only person at this point in his life who's you know, get, getting healthier mm. in every perspective. Like, honestly, Irish Life app, 
has helped me. <laughs> sure, that's fine. We'll all say it, yeah. But like, you know, just a kind of a, a checking in, mm. you know. And uh, when Oshin last week talked about, I mean, listen, I, I don't know anything about sport really other than seeing, people seem to really like it. Which is hilarious considering you grew up in a sporting yes, household. Yes, I, I know everything about horses and horse racing except sort of maybe missing out the essential passion. And uh, it was interesting hearing him talk about like a respect for a 24-year-old athlete he was talking about, about he's on top of things or could register stuff quicker. And I think maybe you and I have a similar thing of going, if I could go in a time machine back and I maybe maybe I have a little bit of a passion as well of going, God, this could have saved me a lot. I wish I would have heard this information earlier. Um, and that there's there's certain stuff like that, that if we just can pass on more and then people can be empowered earlier and get ahead of problems when they see it and little signs to look out for. And not everyone, sometimes you have to learn things through mistakes and lived experiences. Like no one can grieve for someone else. No one, but sometimes you can go through something going, oh, that was an unnecessary piece of pain. I wouldn't need someone else to go through. So here's a bit of this that I pass on, you know. Mm. Like, I I feel like I run the same laps. Yeah. All of this stuff, like, um, you know, I didn't go through what you went through when you were little. I can never imagine what that was like. And uh, again, it's another thing that I still look to your courage in writing what you wrote in the paper that time and just how obvious it was that it needed to be spoken about by the, the response. But I wondered when I thought about the laps that I run in terms of whatever trauma I suffered as a kid, do you still run the laps for what you went through? Or uh, are you just better at understanding, oh, oh, there's a there's a lap coming up, I'm coming around the bend here? No, I definitely, and this year was, I think this year has ironically been one of my worst years. And I know it probably was for a lot of people. And I was so annoyed about it. I was so annoyed for all the books and the self-help and the healing and the crystals and the shouting to the sky and the friendships and the sport networks and the podcasts done that I was having such a, a rotten time. But it's it came about in a different way and because of different reasons. And but, but similar maybe issues within. And so each thing I try and God, it's really hard and I definitely shouted at the sky um, last week, if you want to call it a week, uh, Oshin talked about spirituality, not religion. And I definitely have fallen into, it's not spirituality, and I'm sorry if that puts people off. It's like, a, uh, I have to believe that this person called the universe is trying to teach me something. And my fr- friend Ginger and I have this um, Ginger Gonzaga, who's a brilliant actress I met doing Living With Yourself, which was that Netflix show he did. And the biggest thing to come out of that was my friendship with Ginger. And she says, oh, my God, like if the universe, the universe is trying to give you signs. And to some people, that's the universe. To other people, it's like your gut instinct. Maybe it's also, I don't know, your friend. But like the universe is trying to give you signs. And if you ignore the signs or you don't pick up on them, it's going to come along with a baseball club and it's going to hit you over the head. And it's like, can you see the message now? And I often think like when I look back, it's like, oh, those things. I wasn't listening to something I knew anyways. This a red was the flag bat. and this was the baseball bat. And it hurts like hell when you get knocked over the head by a baseball bat. But something if, if there and it's also a way of reframing something. And it's the, it's the worst thing in the world where you're trying to talk about a pain that you're in. Some goes, well, at least this. Don't do that to people because that's like a toxic positivity. Well, at least you've got your own television show or at least you've got... And that's, I mean, that is an Irish speciality. Yeah, right? and it's, it's also sure, like... what do you have to be sad about? about exactly. And it's like... It's, you're not wallowing you just need space and you need to feel seen and the one thing I'd say is when someone says something sad to you to just not go at least sometimes you just need to go God that sounds awful and all someone needs is to be seen and heard and I have this um, uh, another therapist what two therapists yes Charlotte I'm an actress <laughs> um, but like I go to people for different reasons uh, when I feel like I need different types of things. Sometimes it's a sciencey lady and sometimes it's this lady and she's um, just the loveliest lady called Gloria. And a lot of therapists sit there 
and don't say anything. And that drives me nuts because I'm like, I know you're a person. Cop on. Um, yeah, say words. You know, just say Respond. something. Yeah, exactly. And that drives me nuts. And sometimes I'll go in and go, oh, Gloria, this week, like she said this and I didn't even mean that. And it was awful. And I felt like I was over too many hours. Blah, blah, blah. And she'll just go, oh, that sounds awful. Exactly and, what you needed to hear. And I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, it wasn't that bad, I suppose. It was this and that and this and that. And you, I find my way out of it. But to have someone go, well, at least it was this and that and this and that. And you're like, you, you, and then you start trying to make it more negative so they understand your pain. And to feel seen and be believed literally just does huge things for you. And I, that's, so I know that's kind of like a, a, a an offshoot from the universe N- thing, but it's more about... All, because Irish lads struggle with this in a big yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Why are you sad? Yeah. What's wrong? But how you, can I fix it? How can I fix it? And I, and I think that how can I fix it is okay, but the answer might be not nodding along going that sounds awful so someone feels seen and allowed to continue with more of the stuff without feeling judged or like it's silly and what what, what I find is a lot of the time we put so much responsibility on the person who has to listen and another little tip that myself and Brona have is we've had to learn in our friendship to go oh are just when you're talking about this do you need me to listen to it all right now or do you need any help? You actually say this to yeah. each other. Yeah, because sometimes Jesus. we've had situations I wish where... I, knew, I wish I had that. But, but it, it's, it's almost like because sometimes you need to come in and tell the whole story of what happened about your day and how annoyed you are without someone going, wait now, maybe you should try not to... And you're like, no, 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 I need to tell you the story. Yeah. And then other times I'm telling you the story and someone will go, well, maybe she was... And you're like, oh, that's very interesting. That could have been that, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not looking for a solution just yet. Just yet. And mm. and what's perceived as helping or interrupting might be the exact same thing depending on what the person needed. But it can be quite handy to go, oh, can I just tell you this thing and I just need to get it off my chest? And like I write about in This Way Up, I think often we haven't been given the tools of words, of like speak and sentences. It's really hard. Like I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. I just know that's something I definitely have lacked and have looked for. And well, like you mentioned wrong. the words, right? The, the mm-hmm. lack of the words. And, you know, I immediately thought of my father mm-hmm. and how that generational thing of sometimes wanting something from your parents that aren't, yeah, Th- they just don't have like you're going to your mom. Can you just not <laughs> yeah. do that? But and then she's to also just know a... to look for her words that might not be words to look for the dinner on the table or what was in the fridge or and to recognize those as words. Yeah. So that person might not have all of the language, but you have to learn the language they are what speaking they have. to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, listen to the hands and the gestures and the stuff and sort of learn to trust those as well. It's like, oh, you know what? That person didn't tell me they love me, but they squeezed my hand and they were physically there. And yet I was like, but you didn't say it. Mm. Now, the responsibility is in the middle where you're like, just so you know, I loved that you were there and you squeezed my hand, but I really need to hear the words. I'm just someone who just needs to hear I love you or that I look nice. And Would we you went, say that you know, to your mom? Uh, Mammy and I have learned... But it's when you're with your parents, you're operating on a different level or with the sister because you're operating on the one I'm operating with you now is Ashling B, age 37. The one I operate with my mother is Ashling O'Sullivan, age 16. (laughs) And she's 37. And I'm like, oh, my no. (laughs) And but we are finding it slowly but surely. But a lot of it has been me learning her language yes and a lot more empathy exactly backwards and I think we always do the thing of like I'm trying to get my parents to listen rather than I'm trying to listen to my parents mm. and I think that's been my work post my 20s where I'm trying to explain how I feel to my mother through Guardian articles and television shows and podcasts and actually go, oh God, look at the way mommy was loving me and looking after me and has my ent- since the day dot and I had to learn to read that and as I've gotten older, my other person I call is my mother and sometimes if I'm, I'm in a panic mommy's just telling me about the dinner she had and it's so calming and that is better than maybe at that time, the thing Brona would have said about like the body and what the body is going through traumatically. 
that a mommy's winding me down with some domestic information yeah, that is more so, centering. oh my God, yeah. I, I, I need that so much. So, so that's... I think that sometimes this depiction of the Irish mammy is so uh, male-driven. But there is also just such a different relationship between Irish mammies and Irish daughters. And that sometimes the Irish mammy can believe, I am entitled to say what I like to you mm-hmm. because I brought you into this world. And mm-hmm. as cutting as those things might seem to you, maybe I'm the only one that can... That will. That will say those yeah. things to you. Yeah. Is that the is that the, your reality? or no, Because I'm just really, thinking of the mother I, depiction in this way of... Particularly the get back in your box moment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's for me that the the joke of that is how how consistently there she is. Yes, and how like I wrote in particular one scene on the scene, and I I particularly put in me saying, "Mommy, stop interrupting me." When she was going, "Oh God, love you," and she wasn't interrupting. <laughs> And I, I wanted to write a scene where I showed what I do myself, which is sometimes and often like um, turn, you can turn a, a, a parent into a cartoon or a story or someone who you know better than rather than they know better than you and you're the idiot. And a lot of the time I'm the idiot and my mother is extraordinarily kind and wise. And we have very different skill sets in terms of like, noticing things in empathy but she has like almost like an animal instinct for parenting and we love very differently but I haven't realised and didn't realise how much I needed she's the person when I felt I needed an emotional conversation all she had was a cup of tea and we've met each other halfway as we've gotten older but I did need that cup of tea and I just thought I needed something bigger but also didn't know I could go to other places for the bigger philosophical chats. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is it's not that she's perfect or I'm perfect, but there's a middle ground there where the learning is 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 sometimes on you, the person who reads all the books and who listens to all the podcasts, is to how to learn that person's language. I think comedy helps in that sense and that sometimes I look out into my audiences and I see their adoring eyes gazing up at me, Charlotte. Oh, God. I've AKA, been there. they're just like going, I'm going to go for a pint now. Yeah, until <laughs> the next person's on. But I see the variety of faces, and some people are old dads, and some people are young sisters. And, so, and I'm like, oh, you can't judge a person's personality based on whether they've children or not, whether they're a certain age or not. There, there are certain tropes, of course, but like our souls are complex. And if, we were, if all of our souls were to meet at a certain time, they'd find the ones they were pals with, not the ones they were the same age as as or the same race as or the same demographic or gender as. And that's how I often feel about about sort of um, the way we look at, at people mm-hmm. behind all of the... The kind of outer, outer space outer suits space that you're things, which, which do matter, of yeah. course, and they are real and it's silly to say they're not real, but it's I mean, nice to try and find a, a link into someone's personality behind all of the, the stuff. The My Life app is here to help you improve your overall well-being. See the difference it can make to your life. My Life provided by Irish Life Financial Services. My Life is not a regulated financial service. I mean, uh, this is a, a very different conversation to the one we had with Oshin, but that's why this I is don't fantastic. Know, I think it's very similar. <laughs> I mean, We're I do gambling re- with people's in- attention. <laughs> but I do remember you talking to Pete Holmes about in, you know, similar stuff, and Pete is one of these people that if people don't know who Pete Holmes is, he makes an incredible podcast called You Made It Weird. And He's as, an American comedian. He's, he's an American comedian and he's also in Home Alone 3. He is in Home Alone. I think we're <laughs> supposed to call it Home Sweet Home Alone. or Home Sweet Home Alone. The giant Disney mouse comes in and, and knocks me over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> Pete is like the first person that kind of articulated to me for, for the best I've ever heard what your subconscious is. Mm-hmm. That he said, uh, sing happy birthday to yourself. The person that heard that is your subconscious. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he similarly has a great way of articulating the the necessary play side that we need. And mm-hmm. you talked about this as well, the career and then the creativity. creativity. Yes. People might think that that's just for artists, but I Mm-mm. really don't think that that's the case. I think that whether you are out there driving your Uber to the best of your ability, mm-hmm. 
there still needs to be play. Yeah, because life. it's like that's what we all realise we've missed this year. Like when everyone's having their office at home and they close a laptop and they don't get that little walk to the lift in the office or the walk out to the car park and they're like, here, did you see what your man was wearing today? Ha ha ha, get into the car. The wind down, the wind up, the little what people call water cooler moments. They are necessary human interactions that make us not robots just functioning to do to do the service that we're for. It's a hellos and goodbyes and a little bit of chat that are necessary to be human. And COVID has completely washed those away, thinking that those weren't um, in some way necessary for us or weren't going to leave a scar. And they're your stressor wind ups and wind downs. And um, without them, we've all become low level, constantly stressed by everything. And that's what that's what um, that 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 is in in our business, maybe called play or creativity. But getting to be a bit of your bubbly self that isn't just defined by your job or your lack of a job is exactly what you need to keep going. And we can sort of only leave the basics like we're in a war. And in this sort of COVID, it's almost like a social kind of health war in a way. And we're, we left everyone with the basics, like a ration package of humanity. Like here's your, your test or your, this is what you have to do to just stay basically alive, but not be living vibrantly. Um, and oh, the one thing that the reason I brought up those trees earlier on again, Jarlath, they always come back to me point circle. if I'm given enough time, <laughs> is that I was interested in 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 hearing about like how, you know, Ushin grew up in a literal war zone. And if you do, you you have to survive on the basics and the literal ration package of survival. And it's a it's a a privilege or a luxury to get to take in your environment when you have to keep your head down and run and that might be literal or metaphorical and then it's only like i found this year i like the the year really beat my spirit away and i found it really hard to find not find things funny but find things fun i can find a million things funny it's my job it's work but to actually enjoy like to enjoy the taste of food to enjoy an interaction to be silly and feeling that coming back has been knowing I'm on the right track. And it's that it's like when someone says, oh, I can see you're back to yourself again. It's it's that element of like and to know how small the things you needed for that were. And it's not a big holiday. It's smaller things. It's and that's what we found is like it's the walk with friends and 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 how not airy fairy that is what I often look for in these sort of conversations is like, yeah, but so what now? And and that's where the lists and the little things. And if you can and you're listening and you think today I'm going to one one thing that the trauma book talked about was singing. Sometimes literally singing can break through something in your brain. Like it can re, re just like jig the sort sure, of bad circuit. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean being a singer, but like singing in the shower. Yeah. And I've literally tried to start like singing and like God knows what the neighbours think are happening next door. They probably think I'm auditioning for some West End show because <laughs> they know what I do. But like I've tried to sing a little bit to like break up the noise or I've tried to put music. Music is very powerful. Not just in a, um again, like airy fairy, hard to, um, articulate way but it's a very powerful thing for our actual brains to function so our bodies can function um, and and sounds and sounds that are happy and it lets your brain sort of go free so I have now hooked up like a speaker to my phone so I can do it from my bed in the morning is put on music before I've even thought ah, I couldn't be bothered because some mornings I get up and I'm like oh where's my phone oh, I couldn't be bothered I'll just yeah, let the go music on in silence and instead, I'm like, come on, Ashling, get, come on, get up, get up, 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 you know, and it just something moves my shoulders. And then the next thing, and I don't always achieve that, but that's another little tip I would try and just see if it does anything. But I will say that, um, um, and as Ushi knows as well, like these have all been found through the universe's baseball bats. They've not been found through. I just think if you just do this, guys, it's just like really easy. It's really hard. It's really hard to be alive sometimes. It's bloody hard. It's bloody hard to get through the day. It's sometimes not hard to get through the bigger stuff. It's hard to get through the smaller stuff. 
And it's almost like if you then focus on smaller stuff to try and help you, like that can sometimes be just a little bit more manageable than like one day I'm going to manifest a larger car. And you're like, yeah, all right, mate. But like, you know, I can't get out of bed today. So maybe it'd be nice if like... We'll start small. We'll start small. Yeah. Well, Ashling, this has been anything but small. This has been huge. Thank you so much for doing the My Life podcast. uh, Our second ever guest. Oh, thank you very much, Charlotte. And that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening to the My Life podcast. The My Life app is now firmly installed on my phone and connected to my watch. It is currently earning me points and helping me to pinpoint the small things that any of us can do to improve our health and overall well-being. I thoroughly recommend you get it. If you liked the episode, stay tuned to the Irish Life social channels where they will be announcing my next guest. And why not contact the show? We would love to hear from you. Wellness at irishlife.ie I'm Jarlath Regan. Millie McLaughlin is our casting coordinator. Stephanie Ford is our producer. Dean Jones from Scimitar Sound is our engineer with original music from John Walsh. A very, very special thank you, though, to our guest today, Ashling B. Thank you so much, Ashling, for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>